0: Good morning, again. <laughs> it's so good to see everybody today, and I'm just going to transition you over to Nathan and, um, and the Lord, of course. Um, uh, there was just a, a phrase there at the end that I just want to remind everybody, there is a new day coming, mm-hmm. a new day coming, as a new day coming for the church and a new nation. And so there's a new day coming, and the Lord, we just want you to, I'm just going to ask you a question, are you ready for the new day? Are you ready? Are you on board with the Lord? Are you on board with the Lord? So uh, with that, I'm going to just turn it over to Nathan. And we're so blessed to be able to have Nathan be here. Uh, Richard was here, was it, a month ago? Yeah. And Nathan's here, and then Richard's going to be here after Thanksgiving next week. So, okay. Yeah.
1: We're ready. Thank you. (laughs) So, warm welcome for Nathan. Amen? (laughs) I feel like it's been a while since I've been here. Um, yeah, it has, and it feels really good to be back. Just uh, I feel I feel really connected to everyone here. I feel like family here. I feel like I'm involved spiritually with the development of what's happening here, with everybody individually, um, and the Lord. Kids can go. Kids can go. No, we're going to make you kids sit through this. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was saying, I feel like I'm, we're family and we are in, in the body, of course, you know, we're in the family of God together. But I feel like I'm connected to what the Lord's doing here and the fruit um, that the Lord is after. Everybody say fruit because he's after fruit. Um, And there's development that's happening in everybody. And there's development that's happening in this church. And there's development that's happening here in Marshalltown. And if at any point you think that it's an insignificant thing, you don't understand what the Lord's doing. If at any point you think, well, it's just a small town here and there ain't much going to come from it, you do not understand what the Lord is doing here. And I'm not rebuking right now, I'm just saying there could be a little course correction in your thinking because uh, there is going to be fruit. Everybody say fruit. Fruit. The Lord has an agenda, He has a mind. This is not just us playing church, coming together every Sunday and and playing games and and we're just going to live out our lives and and go be with Jesus someday. That is not what we're doing here. Um, My name's Nathan for anybody that doesn't know me. (laughs) I think most everyone in here knows who I am. A few of you I have never seen before, and that's exciting. Uh, It's really good to see new faces. Um, You know, Richard's back in Tulsa holding the fort down, him and Natalie and my wife and and what we're doing at Good Tree, and so he's preaching there this evening. And it would have been really good for all of us to be together here. I'm sure that'll happen again. We got Daniel with me and Rohan. They're from our church back home, and and they drove up here with me. but I just send my love and blessing and greetings to everybody here, my family and, and, and what we're doing in Tulsa. We just bless this body. I really feel like the Lord wants to do a lot right now because I only have one service, really. <laughs> Usually when I come, we got like three or four, you know. So this is going to kind of compact, I feel, the Lord. But I'll say this, and, and I say this every time I come, I think. But if you have sickness in your body, listen to me. If you have sickness in your body and you have been prayed for a thousand times and it hasn't happened yet. The Lord's looking for faith. Everybody say faith. Faith is not what happened in the past that didn't work. Faith means your heart reaches out to believe that He is well able to do this right now in this moment. And that right there, if you have that faith, it could go beyond even where I'm walking as a minister. Because your miracle is not in my hands. It's in your hands to believe. Amen? Amen. Now I believe ministers have a responsibility. And I'm not docking that at all. But I believe the Lord wants to make this very clear. That if you have disease in your body. He wants you to open your heart right now to begin to receive healing. And that we can see that happen today. And listen to me. Don't look at me. And don't look at you. Look at him. And if you can get your eyes off of me and your eyes off of you and have faith that he can do it, you're probably going to get healed. <laughs> because he's well willing and able to see that come to pass today, right now. If, if you are in here and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Lord wants you to receive fire today with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And we're going to give space for that, okay? So if you know that you are in here, and you've probably, if you've been here before, uh, Pastor Roberta has talked about this. You've probably heard her pray in tongues. Do her hi-yah, like she says. <laughs> the Lord wants you to have that. But that is not selective for just preachers and pastors. The Lord wants you to receive the Holy Spirit. So if that's you, open your heart. And begin to thank the Lord that that's going to happen today. And we'll give space for that. There is a new unction of fire, I believe, that the Lord wants many of us to have. And if that's you and your heart's crying out for that, you you begin to receive that. And at the end of this, we're going to pray for you too. A new unction of fire. What does that look like? A new flame where your desires and passions become possessed with one thing again. The kingdom of heaven. Christ and Christ crucified and you live in your life to devoted a hundred percent to him and his will and his kingdom. And if there's anything that's happening in the body of Christ right now, everybody's getting distracted all over the world. People are getting distracted. Because we have things happening politically, we have things happening in social justice, we have things happening in the media, we have the devil doing his bit, and then we got life just hitting us all, and a lot of us are losing focus of why we're breathing. And that is to seek and save that which is lost. That we're still on this planet for a reason. That it's not just, we're not just filling space, that there's an agenda here and really, really, it's to seek and save that which is lost. And there's many different ways that you could play a part in that. That's not just going straight to someone and saying, hey, do you know Jesus? There's a body movement here that needs all of us to plug in and do our part. And And you have purpose. Everybody say, I have purpose. Like you have purpose in the kingdom that is valuable. And the Lord looks at it as valuable. And really, what we don't understand yet is if you don't do your part, I'm going to feel it. All the way over there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And if I don't do my part, you're going to feel it. All the way over here in Marshalltown, Iowa. I don't think we understand how connected we are in getting this thing to move forward with the Lord so that we could conquer this nation. Distraction is settling in left and right. People are getting so caught up in all kinds of things and they're choosing to bow their affections to something other than Jesus. And it's causing idolatry to come back in the church. And it's swaying our focus to give our worship to false gods just like in the Old Testament. Now we're going deep and heavy already. Somebody say glory. (laughs) And the Lord wants to, to readjust just to realign this morning. Realign our focus. Just a little heart tweak, just a little, just a little perspective change. Just a little reminder that he has not given you the spirit of fear. He has not, has not, has not. It's evident, it's scripturally sound and settled forever that God has rendered a verdict over your life. I have not given you, everybody say me. I have not given you the spirit of fear, but that of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And so if your soundness of mind is being challenged and fear is wreaking havoc in your life, it's time to do a heart check. Because that doesn't have to happen in you. That can happen in the world that doesn't know Jesus, but that does not have to happen in you because God has given you permission to be sound during these times. And it is a permission that the church needs to grab and access by faith and then begin to start to use our authority and take dominion over everything that's trying to go contrary to that for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear out of the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be established he has not given you the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind and that could, that covers everything that's happening right now that's coming against the body of Christ you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear But the spirit of adoption, wherefore, our hearts should be crying, Abba, Father. There's two witnesses there that sealed this forever. Well, you don't understand the financial stress that I'm in. It doesn't matter. Well, you don't understand the family pressures that I'm feeling. It it is not relevant if you let it take your peace. If you let it take your peace. If everybody say me. (laughs) If you let it take your peace, that's your decision To surrender your God-given birthright that has dominion. But you don't understand the symptoms. You don't understand the hardships. You don't understand the friends. You don't understand the backbiting and how people are throwing my name through the ringer. You don't understand the pressures that I'm facing. No, I don't think we understand that which the Lord has given us to stand. Because if we did, we'd be standing a whole lot straighter and stronger. And these things wouldn't be eating our lunch. Oh no! The financial pressures irrelevant. The pressures of society. You know, every name has to bow the name to to bow the knee to the name of Jesus, right? Every name. Fill in the blank. What is it that's taking your peace? (laughs) What is it that's causing panic and fear? What is it that's keeping you up at night that's causing so much worry and turmoil to where your affection is no longer on Jesus, it's about your circumstances? Oh, listen, we're all going through something. Bet you if I were to interview everybody in here, one by one, there's something that's gone wrong, terribly wrong, terribly wrong in the last six weeks. (laughs) And it just hits our hearts and we start to take it personally. And then we start to blame God usually. Like, where are you? Why is this happening? But you know, you have full control of your heart staying on Him and believing that He is good. And let's settle this. He is good. Let's settle this. He is good. Yes. And your circumstances do not change His character. But you can let it. And then your perception of God will start to change. How can how can how can why why how can how can and then you start to judge him How could you be good if 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 Oh you know the language it'll change all that real quickly and subject it to be completely dead and mortified lift up your hands and say Jesus you are good in the midst of the most trying circumstance Jesus you are good You speak by faith. You speak by faith. You call those things which be not as though they were. And against hope, you believe in hope. And you have the ability to shape your world to be different. You have the ability to change your perspective to see something different. Which means God's not as much as interested in changing the circumstances as much as He is as changing our perspective. Because if your your perspective is aligned with Him and His will and who He is, you can walk through any circumstances remaining the same and being stable and consistent. Just like Him. Because He's not wavering right now. There's no shadow of turning in Him. He is very sound and consistent. Very sound. And He wants us to be very sound. Because He hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a... It's a fruit of God. That's a fruit of God possessing a man. Oh, we're afraid of that word possess.
0: <laughs> I feel like the Lord wants to challenge fear right now. It's, it, it, politically,
1: if you watch the media, you cannot look anywhere right now where there's going to be something planted in your mind that's going to tell you, oh my God, we're heading for hell in a handbasket as fast as you can. And if you focus on that stuff, and put your affection on it. It is going to put you down in the dumps. You're going to start to fear people. You're going to fear people. It's the Spirit. trying to get us to turn on each other. You start to fear people. Like, oh, someone coughed. Oh, i got to get away from them. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't you realize that we grew up, like our whole lives around people that are coughing and all of a sudden we're starting to look at it different. Like someone sneezes in public and you're like, oh, you're what? And it's like, how many times in before were you around someone that sneezed and you never thought anything of it? But now.
0: You're starting to be programmed to fear it. That's demonic. And let alone say someone has
1: the worst plague in the world, you should believe that God's able to keep you. And then take it a step further. Let's get them healed. But you're not going to do that if you're running away every single time someone sneezes. <laughs> uh, the devil has an agenda and it's to divide and conquer and to get us to fear people. To be afraid of relationships. To go, to go uh, what's the word? Uh, you start to, to be a recluse where you just get away and it's just you and you're by yourself and you're alone. And you start to separate from the body. Isolation is the quickest way for destruction. Because you're not connected, you're left with your own thoughts that you're fighting, and you don't have anyone to encourage you, and, and you you start to you know come up with all these crazy things that are a reality to you that might not even be happening. Well, everybody's talking about me now. How do you know that? Well, I think they are. I could feel it. Did you did you hear something? Because if you didn't, you're crazy. <laughs> well, really, you're not crazy. You're sound, sound mind, sound mind, sound mind. <laughs> But we do these things because the devil's playing games with us. And the, the heart of it is the fear that's separating us from people. The fear that's separating us from the church. And, and, and it's a spirit that's trying to get us to isolate. And listen to me, listen to me. Like, how are you going to ever reach people if you're isolated? You can't. And if all you're doing is living for yourself and your own well-being and your own protection and you don't care about somebody else, Your life is already heading in the wrong direction. That thing's gonna come. Just that—that's it'll get you. It'll start to shape your thinking where it's all about you. You're for no more. But the last time I checked, it was for God. So loved the world that He. We're not talking about money. There, we're talking about His only begotten Son. The most costliest thing that he had that was so prized, the most valuable thing, and he gave it freely. And that's a heart that he wants to replicate in us, to where we're constantly giving towards people, saved or unsaved. The church is not supposed to run away from the unsaved people. Oh my god, a bunch of heathens are all celebrating Halloween. Let's just get away from them. Like steer clear of them, like steer clear of them, like just they're all gonna chant witchcraft on themselves and die, you know? <laughs> <laughs> How are we ever gonna reach them if we never be around them? There's a big difference between being friends with them and being around them. Well, light has no fellowship with darkness, nor does Christ with Belial, Belial, however you say it. Come out from among them and be separate. But in coming out from among them and being separate, you're supposed to realize your whole goal in life is to reach them. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself.
0: And they came unto him and they said, Who is my neighbor, Lord? And he gave a parable. There was a man that was on a journey. He's coming
1: back far away, you know. And on his way back, this dude gets jumped by some thugs. <laughs> it's the NNT. It's the New Nathan Translation. <laughs> Just kidding! Don't don't read into that too much. You'll cast a stone at me. <laughs> he gets jumped. You know, they beat him up, take all his goods, and they leave him for dead. And there's a man that walks by. And the picture of the man that walks by was a leader in the church. A pastor, maybe. Maybe the anointed prophet, you know, that everybody looks up to. And he's on his way back, you know, and then he sees the man and he keeps walking. Well, this is written for a reason. He went after a picture of the fivefold first to bring it down, you know. Pharisee. Those were religious
0: leaders of the time. They didn't have the right heart, but they were religious leaders. The next one that came by passes. But then there's that good Samaritan. Who's that a picture of? Everybody
1: say me. (laughs) He passed by and he had compassion on him. And he decided to go out of his way. Listen to me, if you're ever going to reach people, it's always going to cost you something. It is never convenient to go out of your way to touch another person's life. It's going to interrupt your schedule. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you something
0: that you did not intend to do that day. And most of us have been trained to see it and keep walking.
1: And now we're locating the, the, the demon of religion that's possessing the church.
0: Now, I'm not telling you to do anything you can't do, but what I'm telling you to do is the Lord wants us to learn how to respond.
1: But we're usually so afraid we're not even going to go close to people. like I don't know him. could be a serial killer. <laughs> These extreme
0: thoughts hit us like that because we've been trained by society. <laughs> you can't fear people. We need to become vulnerable again as a church.
1: There's some bad stuff that came with politic, politics and COVID, but there's some good stuff that came too. There was a heart exposure across the whole body of Christ. The Lord will absolutely take that which has happened. Did he cause it? No, but he'll take that which has happened. He's going to work it for good. And so our hearts were exposed where we were walking. Our hearts were exposed of how much we only thought about ourselves. Our hearts were exposed about how we'd rather stay home and watch church from a TV screen and not be plugged into a body. (laughs) Maybe not here, but that happened all over. I can live stream it, you know. You know the problem with live streaming and watching videos is you are not connected to be vulnerable and accountable to somebody in person. The Lord never intended for Christianity to be behind a TV screen he intended it to be a relational life that you lived together and you grew together and you held each other accountable. And we're kind of getting away from those things and social media is teaching us how to have relationships and it's not healthy. Because what it's killing is the vulnerability. And if you kill the vulnerability with people, you're killing the vulnerability with God. And if you kill the vulnerability with God, all of a sudden, none of us know how to open our hearts to him. And I don't know how to relate. I don't, you know, and so then worship starts and you don't know how to respond. And all the Lord wants us to really grow in is to how to be more vulnerable with him. What does that look like? Well, that looks like this. If you sin this morning, everybody say sin. We're going to go a few different directions here. If you sin this morning, you know. You're on your way to church and trying to paint a picture of looking good and you accidentally yelled at your wife, you know. (laughs) Accidentally. She just gets on my nerves. You don't understand. (laughs) You just snapped and started yelling at her, you know, and flipped out, and as soon as you pulled up in the parking lot and you walked out, I bless you. I bless you, you know. (laughs) But if you would have jumped five minutes before that, you were in a raged fit. Sounds like saying to me something wrong with that picture. Or say you last night looked at something that you shouldn't have on the internet, you know, had internet
0: fingers. Looking at pictures that you shouldn't and videos. What does vulnerability look like? You absolutely
1: do not hide those things from the Lord because He can already see them. And He's already knows that you're in them. And what He's looking for is a humility humbleness that would come to Him and be vulnerable and that, Lord, I have made a mistake and I need Your grace and mercy to forgive me. But you don't stop there and then you ask Him for His help so that you could overcome and get out of it. And then, everybody say "Then." then. What does vulnerability look like? Well, there's steps attached to it. And then you comply with any instruction and conviction that He brings into your heart. Because if you just say you're sorry, please forgive me, and then you don't obey, let me show you what you're like. You're like a man that beholds himself in a glass and you look in very clearly and see that I am born again. I'm a Christian. God has saved me from my sin, you know, and then you go your way and you immediately forget what manner of man or woman that you are. Because you're a hearer only and not a doer of the work. And the Bible says that this man's going to deceive. Everybody say deceive. deceive. You don't even need the devil to do it. You've just deceived
0: yourself. And thinking that Christianity was about hearing. And not doing. And that everything's okay.
1: And that is demonic. On a super high level. Because if you only hear and you never do. You're never going to grow with the Lord. Because the growth is always going to come in the doing of obedience with where you and him are walking. And that takes vulnerability, that takes owning up, that takes you responding to the Lord and saying, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Everybody say, I'm ready. You see, when we're not ready to move on from sin, it's not because the Lord hasn't delivered us or given us everything that we need. It's really that we are not ready to own up and say, I want to get this out of my life. And if you're not ready and willing to own up, you're not going to move forward with the Lord very far. Your relationship and vulnerability with Him will be stunted because God absolutely cannot fellowship with sin. And it's very clear in Scripture that once lust has conceived, it's going to bring forth fruit to sin, which is 100% of the time going to bring forth fruit unto what? Oh, you guys know the Scripture? Death. Everybody say death. Well, it's not an immediate death. It's not like you fall over and die. What happens is your relationship with God starts to take a hit. And you start to walk away from him. And you could trick yourself and say, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I still go to church. I still try to read my Bible. I said, no, if you are deliberately choosing to live in sin, you're turning your back on him and starting to walk away from him. One step at a time. Because the more you disobey, the more your heart gets calloused. The more your heart gets calloused, the more you're not willing to obey. But we could change those things. The Lord's wanting vulnerability. The Lord's wanting response. The Lord's wanting repentance and godly sorrow. The last time I checked, according to Second Corinthians chapter 7, is godly sorrow works in us a repentance that produces works not to be repented of. Amen? So that means when you say you're sorry, and the sorrow that's working in your heart isn't about you, it's about I have violated who you are, God, and I am legitimately sorry for that. And I don't want to do this anymore. It produces something in you. A repentance where you walk away from that sin not to return to it again.
0: And the Lord's asking of that today. The Lord is requiring that today.
1: Holiness is not an option ever. (laughs) It's the way a Christian should live. But he leaves it up to us and gives us the option because he's so much lovingly full of compassion and grace and mercy. (laughs) And he'll never
0: force you to do anything ever. But he wants us to respond. And sin will compromise your whole walk with the Lord. We don't understand this. It will
1: compromise it. It starts to callous your heart. You start to look at people different. You start to act different. You start to put on the old man and put off the new man. And it's a reverse cycle of what really needs to happen. And you pick up that which is dead, which is no longer who you are, because who you are is a new creation in Christ Jesus. Who you are is you are a child of light. Who you are is is now, beloved, we are the sons of God. First John three now, beloved, right now, now, beloved, everybody say now, Now. right now, you're a son of God. Which means God's very uh, connection to you and you connected to him is alive on the inside of you through born again through the power of Christ Jesus. And that's who you are at your core. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. New creation. The law of the spirit of life in Christ has made you. Everybody say me. It's made me free from the law of sin and death. That's who I am. That's a very reality that exists inside of you. But that reality brings conviction with it. So if you hear the conviction and you don't do. You're going to deceive yourself and form a gospel that does not exist. And then you're going to say, I'm good with God because I sin all I want and He still loves me and we're good.
0: That's not in the Bible.
1: Amen? Simple fix. You ask the Lord to make your heart vulnerable again and then you respond. And the Lord's going after a few people. It's not the only thing we're preaching on. I said there's going to be a few different directions. Repentance. Repentance. Everybody say repentance. Repentance. I've been in these, these cycles for a long time. I keep falling in and out of them. I keep falling in and out of them. I keep falling. The Lord wants you to completely be out of them and totally free. But you have something to do with this. You have to obey. And there's strength in obedience, there's growth in obedience, there's power in obedience. You moving forward with the Lord is not based on an amount of time. It's based on how obedient you are to the steps He
0: gives you. And it removes time. out. It's going to take me ten years? No, it doesn't have to take you ten years. The quickest way
1: to grow in God is to obey where you're at and do what He's saying. You do that, you start to move really quickly into something else. And 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 really if you just keep on that trajectory you can go as fast as you want in the development of you and him in your prayer life and in obedience to what he's asking. Time
0: is not your lord. It does not determine your progress. Jesus does. And he lives outside of time. So obedience to him determines your progress. Which means
1: this can change things for us. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. The church is so locked in that 20 years from now, something's going to be different because we take time and add it to transformation and add it to progress and add it to growth. And the next thing you know, we get 20 years later and we're all still moving really slow. Because we fail to realize that time does not determine growth. Obedience does. So when you start to respond, everybody say, respond. Respond. You respond to the Lord. So you're going to go look at porn again and he convicts you and you say no. And you take a step of obedience. Boo! You are mind is then transformed to walk in the will of God. And you start to move forward with him like poof, Like I'm moving forward. Like we're actually trucking together. We're moving forward. You start to look back. You're like, I'm changing, like I'm changing and I'm changing quickly because I'm listening to the engrafted word that's able to save my soul. Because it's in you and it's alive and it's talking and it's consistent. But you're never going to see the fruit of it if you never obey it. And some of you in here know this very well because Richard's preached this, I've preached this, Miss Roberto has preached this, and you've heard it, you've heard it, you've heard it. But if any man hears and does not do, let me show you what he is like. Heart check. Everybody say heart check. You're like a man or a woman that looks in the mirror and you see very clearly who you are, what the word says about you, your potential. You walk away and you choose to
0: forget it and disobey. But any man that hears and does, he will be blessed in his deed. You have the ability to walk away from these things a few of
1: you in here that have been living in sin pastor roberta has been praying for you guys and there's been an intercession that's been involved with this we're getting we're getting down to the nitty gritty the lord's talking to me and the lord's had her stand in the gap for some of you because if she wasn't you might have gone a little bit too far down that trail a little bit too far you don't want to go a little bit too far trust me it could take years from your life years decades You guys got a good pastor that could pick things up in the spirit. But see, her part is is one part to help pass, you know, the demonic activities; She's keeping that at bay. But the second part of that equation
0: is you have to respond. And if you never respond, you will go the other way eventually. And the Lord wants you to respond. This isn't something that I can
1: give you. It's not something that I can call a prayer line and say, boom, here it is. This is something that you have to decide to do when you leave this service. And the Lord brings conviction through the engrafted word that's able to save your soul. And you look in that mirror, you see it, you hear it, you believe it, then you go and do it. And then you're producing steps of transformation. And pretty soon you and the Lord start moving forward very quickly, very quickly. Everybody say quickly. There is a shift happening in the body of Christ right now there's an absolute shift in the lord um, the Lord has brought a new level of accountability, and this new level of accountability is changing things it's changing the the way that we're we're moving the way we're moving forward and and it's because of where a lot of individuals have come in the spirit to help bring these things to pass because the lord's working with people you know. <laughs> And as more people in the spirit, in the body of Christ, step into these places, it's going to bring higher accountability to the body. Because you cannot have someone lead it that has hypocrisy in their life. It won't work. It can't work. It's going to be fake. It's not even going to be there. The standard will not be real. But when someone's able to bring these things through the spirit, it starts to to take the body further into places. And these are things that I feel like we know very little about in the church, but they're happening are happening. And there's a shift that's happening right now. There's a, there's a new unction. There's a demand I feel in the Spirit. Everybody say demand. Amen. It's Revelation 21, 22. Behold, I come quickly. The Lord's coming quickly. We need to get this. We need to understand this. We don't have unlimited time. We do not have unlimited time. And the time is passing very quickly. And if you think I'm going to do this tomorrow, that's where we're tricking ourselves. Now, I'm not trying to say there's no hope for the future, but if you get locked into, I'm going to do this tomorrow. Next thing you know, your 30s turn into your 40s, into your 50s, into your 60s,
0: and you didn't do anything for the Lord. And the Lord wants to wake us up. He wants to shake us up. He wants us to start
1: to comply with these things. He wants us to be obedient, man. I'm not trying to be too hard this morning, but I feel the Holy Ghost taking me here. Behold, I come quickly is Jesus resurrected King of Kings talking at the end of the book,
0: the conclusion to the whole Bible. Last chapter. Behold, I am coming quickly and
1: my reward is with me. To give to every man according as his work shall be.
0: Blessed are those that do my commandments, for they will have the right to eat from the tree of life.
1: There's a work, there's a work, there's a work, there's a work. Everybody say work. Work. There's a work, there's a work that you need to do. There's a work that you're involved in. There's a work that you're called to do. There's a work on your life. There is a place of grace where you fit in the body of Christ, where you plug in and you are responsible for that, which Jesus has commissioned you to that grace that he put on your life that goes with you and who you are as a person and what you're responsible for is a work. And he's very clear, I'm going to come quickly and when I come, my reward is going to be with me to give to every single man according as that work shall be. Which means if you just sleep on it, I don't know what that's going to look like. If you never do anything with it, this, this scares me, if you never do anything with it. We have a lot of different opinions on what that's going to look like on judgment day. I wouldn't want to
0: be one of the ones that finds out. there's a shift that's happening in the spirit (laughs) where I feel it. And I feel it here with many individuals where the Lord is, is,
1: is requiring more. And the more that he's requiring, it's not coming from a place of demanding that he's going to make you do this, but it's because your heart's pulling you into this place because of your intimacy with him, because he knows to whom much is given much is required. So the more that He gives you, the more He requires, but He's only giving it to you because your heart's going there and you're asking for it. Everybody say, I'm asking for it. <laughs> and, and there's a shift that's happening. There's
0: a new place in the Spirit, I believe. And it's like many of us are in this crossroads, you know, and you're
1: about to pass over, and there's a few steps that the Lord is putting before
0: you. And he's wanting you to do those. And your obedience, your obedience, your obedience, everybody
1: say obedience. Obedience. Your obedience will determine if you've moved forward into this place or not. Your obedience will determine, your obedience, everybody say obedience. obedience. Your obedience will determine whether or not you move into this place with the Lord. Nothing else will determine this but your obedience. I don't know if you're hearing me or not, but your obedience. Everybody say obedience. There's many of you that are on this crossroads that are about to step in. The will, the plan, the purpose, that which you know the Lord has commissioned. And, and you know that it's, it's, it's destiny. You know that it's in front of you. You know that it's the path. You have clear direction. You have clear vision. The Lord's saying, come. He's spoken to you. You know it. And, and it's like you're on the crossroads of these things. And you're figuring out, what? I can't get there. How come I can't get there? How come I can't get there? It's your obedience. Everybody say obedience. obedience. And in that, the Lord has brought specific things to individuals. And unless you do those things... You'll never move into that promised land in your life. But you can. Everybody say, I can. can. But you can. Everybody say, I can. can. These are many different things here. Many different things. And we're not just talking about sin now. We hit on sin. I feel like the Lord covered that. And if that was you, listen, let that repentance convict you and work in your heart right now. Let the Lord work out that in you and you start to work that out with Him so that you could prove that you're in the faith and you're not a reprobate. (laughs) Amen? Amen? we're preaching a little bit more accountable today, Amen. But these other decisions, they go many different ways. And I can't tell you what they are, but I know what they look like because I've had the Lord do this in my life many times. And even when I've been consistent in prayer where like I have dedicated time where I'm faithful, you know, I'm praying and I'm worshiping every day and I'm I'm in the word and I'm doing these things. And it's like I hit this wall and I'm trying to move forward and I can't move forward because there's steps. Everybody say steps. There's steps the Lord has brought me that until I do them, I'm not moving forward. But when I do them, and I found this, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, you're going to hit a home run every time, 10 out of 10, championship game, you're going to nail the three from the three-point line, 10 out of 10. Every single time I've done them, I've passed with the Lord to these places that have allowed promotion in the Spirit because of my obedience. And there's a new unction, a new shift. There's a new place that the Lord's opening up in many of us in here.
0: And it's your obedience. Everybody say obedience. obedience. <laughs> it's your obedience. What does that look like? I don't know. It's going to be individual. It's a time a couple months back where I didn't have any
1: money. Everybody say, no money. Oh, I was going through it. I was going through the ringer. It was a tough time, you know. Being full-time in ministry, the rules are just a little bit different if you have a consistent, you know, paid job. and I won't get into that right now because I believe in living by faith. And I'm in this trying time, you know, and I'm wondering, like, what's going on? And and, and somebody the Lord brought into my life. And this person just had totally hit rock bottom and they didn't have anything. And the Lord spoke to me and said, give. (laughs) Obedience. Everybody say obedience. But see, I didn't have anything at the time. Like, I couldn't. I was like, what what do you mean give? Like, I I can't respond to this. Like, I don't know how I'm going to make this happen
0: right now. The Lord told me to give. It was obedience. Obedience. And I
1: was left with an impossible situation that I said, I can't cross this, you know. But the Lord was saying, do this. And so I figured out some way how to do it. And I did it. I responded. I said, yes, boom. And it cost me. It hurt a little bit. But I remember when I did, I felt it go off of me. And the Lord said, if any man comes to you and
0: asks, give to him. Don't turn him away. And I felt the Lord tell me. He said, you just took that from being on these
1: pages that you've read a thousand times. You've read it a thousand times. You just took that. <laughs> and it went from here and it just went clunk and it became a part of how you live. I didn't have any money. I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I knew the Lord had told me to give. And this, this, the guy that he brought into my life actually did ask me. He said, I'm really I'm, I'm going through it. Like, do you, can you help me? And I responded. And when I did, I obeyed. Everybody say obedience. It cost me. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I did it. But when I did it, and listen, there was not monetary gain for me on the other side of this. Like most of us are always thinking about how this is going to benefit us. The Lord said that scripture that you read a thousand times. If any man comes and ask of you anything, give asking not to receive again.
0: He said that just went from your head and sunk in your heart. And it became a part of you. And now everywhere I go, guess what
1: I carry? That. And because I crossed it one time, the next time it happens, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to say yes. Because I did see the Lord come through for us. I didn't receive a million dollars. I wasn't pressed down, shaken together, and I became a billionaire. Get that thought out of your brain. I'm serious about this. We give so many times because we want And the Lord wants us to give because we love. But see, it cost me, but there was obedience. And when I cross, it's like I crossed into the spirit, like, boom, like, hey, I'm walking there now. This is no longer a theory that I've just read over and over and over that might work in your life. It became a part of Nathan Varble and there was fruit. And my relationship with the Lord went deeper. What do those steps look like? I don't know. They're going to be so personal with everyone in here. You know, if you are called to preach, be nice, the Lord said. (laughs) If you are called
0: to preach, and you know it, and you are not reading this book, you don't care about the calling on your life. Do a show of hands now. How many of you called to preach?
1: if you are called to deliver the word and stand behind a pulpit and you do not have a relationship with this book, you're telling the Lord something. The Lord is not going to promote you into a place that you are not ready for. Everybody say, I want to go there in the Spirit. spirit. Oh, come on. A little bit louder. I I want to go there in the Spirit. If you are called to preach and you never... Have a relationship with this book. You are telling the Lord something. It's the lowest priority in my life. And I don't think He's ever going to put you in a position magically where you're going to do it. Now, I'm not saying the only reason you read the Bible is to preach. That's not true. You know, you read the Bible because it's relational. You want to know what the Word says. But there is a such thing as an office calling. And you are supposed to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that rightly divides the word of truth. And so if you are called to preach, let this hit your heart. Let it sink in. If you haven't formed a relationship with this word, brother, you're getting a little condemning. No, we're getting a little convicting here. If You are called to handle the word and you do not have a relationship with this book. It's time for change. It's time for steps of obedience, because I promise you the Lord's been calling you into it for a very long time. Long time, and he'll help you rightly divide that word of truth. If you are called to handle money, whew, let's go here. What does that mean? I make money. It's not for you. If you're called with the gift of handling money for the kingdom of heaven, that money is not for you. Everybody say the money's not for me. Not for me. And if you're doing that. And you're not responding to the Lord with places to give. Well, listen. He will direct. uh, He will direct you where to give money to, because the Lord needs those that are going to fund kingdom stuff. He needs those that are going to fund the kingdom, and the Lord will direct you where to put finances. The Lord will relationally bring those things online. But listen to me. If you are making money and you are not giving. Or you're not sensitive to even ask the Lord, where would you want me to give? And that's a call on your life. You're not taking it that serious. Because the money isn't just for you to make so that you can get rich and live a good life.
0: The money is to fund the kingdom. And these are steps of obedience. The Lord is
1: like the call. Like I don't think we understand. The Lord can funnel endless amounts of money to people that know how to handle it that are like this. Just like this. It's fun. Like More comes in, they give it. More comes in, they give it. And in that number of increase, it could go to the sky. Like as high as you want it to go. Because you're not thinking about you. You're thinking about what the Lord wants to do with that. If you're called to lead worship and you don't practice. (laughs) Oh, we're getting nitty gritty this morning. Somebody say glory. glory. You're called to lead worship. And I'm talking about the mark where you know it like this is this is a huge like there's people that step in and fill an office just to help. I've done that at times. I'm not called to lead worship. I led worship for years. But it's not the main call of my life. It's something I could do and I did it, you know. Because anytime I was involved in church, how can I help? How can I help? Anytime I was involved in church, how can I help? How can I help? Anytime I was involved in church, how can I help? How can I help? Everybody say obedience. There's a heart that the Lord's trying to work in you. There's many of us in here that are supposed to get more involved with helping this place. And we're not doing it because we're not responding to the Lord. If your life is about the kingdom, it's gonna show. You're gonna put your time, energy, and effort into the plow of what's gonna produce fruit in the kingdom of heaven. Amen? But if you're called, you know it's your main, yeah, I'm called to lead worship, the Lord's called me to this, and you never practice. And you never get alone and spend time in the presence of the Lord. Because there's a twofold thing that goes with being led to worship or a worship leader. You have to practice and develop that talent. And you have to learn the anointing and get in the presence
0: of the Lord. And if you're not doing those things, you're telling the Lord something. It's my lowest priority in my life. You guys getting what I'm saying? You know how many other calls
1: there is? It's not just word. It's not just worship. The ministry of helps. I met a guy. It blew me away. He's a Baptist guy. Whew! Doesn't probably believe in tongues. He's against the Holy Ghost, you know. I mean, just... And I didn't even go there with him. I met him because somebody gave me a car and it was like barely running. The guy that gave me the car was like, I don't know if this is a blessing or a curse, you know. And I was like, hey, well, I'll take it. Worst case, I'll junk it, get a couple hundred bucks, you know. And that's what ended up happening. I sold it. But I sold it to this dude that I met on Craigslist. This devout Baptist, you know, and... Just me and him aren't on the same page. I'm not saying anything negative against Baptists, but you could tell. Tongues is of the devil, you know. (laughs) But while we did this exchange, you know, and he ended up giving me his number and I started talking to him and, and, and we kind of formed a relationship, you know. And he just started telling me out of the blue, he's like, look, you know, ever since I was young, I realized something. I understood how cars work and I could just build them, rebuild them, take them apart and just fix anything like that from a very young age. And he said from a young age, because he grew up in church, he said, I realize that's a gift God gave me. And because it's a gift God gave it to me, I chose back then to always make it available for anybody that might need help. And I'm sitting there listening to this dude like, how come my tongue-talking friends don't talk like this? Because <laughs> if they did, the body of Christ would be in a totally different place. And then he goes on to tell me, he's like, if you ever need any mechanical work on your car, I'll do it for free. Because I know that's what I'm supposed to. And I'm just staring at him like, what planet are you from? <laughs> Christians don't talk like this. There's always, what can I get from this situation, you know? But this man understood. Everybody say Under-, so he understood. He understood. See, it wasn't Preaching. He wasn't making the money he wasn't but he understood that God had given him a grace and an ability and he knew it. And because he knew it from a young age he freely offered that to the Lord and said any time that this can be made available to help someone in the kingdom I'm going to do it and I'm sure he does it for people that aren't as well. And it just it blew me away and it and I was just like how have I missed uh How have I missed this type of relationship in my life first because I'm not very mechanical, you know, and I need some help there sometimes. (laughs) I'm not afraid to admit it. But then I realized how much in the body of Christ that we have not figured these things out. And everybody in here has a place. They have a grace. They have an ability. And it's supposed to fit. It's supposed to work in the betterment of the kingdom. And if you already know what it is, And you're not taking steps to make it available to do things that the Lord is asking you to do with it. You need a heart check because your life is more about you than it is about His kingdom. And the Lord wants to change those things. And He's going to take many of us further into these things, into the call, through our obedience. Everybody say obedience. (laughs) I feel like we hit a theme. It's always a theme and it usually always goes to obedience, but this is a little bit deeper. There's a shift. I want to move forward with the Lord and what He's doing right now. Because we're about to see the greatest days the church has ever seen. We're about to see some amazing things in the
0: body of Christ. But you will not partake of it if you don't obey. Amen? Amen. But you can. You can. Everybody
1: say, I can. Oh, simple steps. I don't know what it's going to look like. Whatever it is the Lord has in your heart and life, there's going to be simple things that you could overlook like that. And He's going to ask you to respond. He's going to ask you to obey. He's going to ask you to move forward with Him. And it's your choice to say yes or no. But if you say yes, right on the other side of that obedience, there's going to be a a place in the Spirit that you have never walked before. And it's going to solidify some things in your life. And it's gonna allow the Holy Spirit to do so much more in you. Amen. It's a shift happening in this church too. The Lord's gonna arrange some things. He's going to set, man, he's gonna set an order that hasn't been here before. An order, Pastor Roberta, that hasn't been here before. Not that Pastor Roberta has been out of order, but an order with people and roles. And it's going to go deep into like a a solid, solidified foundation that's going to help this place step deeper, deeper into what the Lord has it to do. Because this place is a beacon of light that goes bing! And I see a triangle in the Spirit that goes like this. And you're talking geographically that light's going to go boop up and it's going to cover a triangle in Iowa whatever cities that's going to connect to I'm not sure but there will absolutely be fruit of discipleship from that there will absolutely be fruit of discipleship and the lord wants if this is a twofold thing twofold thing I'm prophesying right now this is a twofold thing it's not just going to be Roberta saying hey I really feel like you should do this there's a, there's a, a solidifying that's coming from the spirit, where the person that's supposed to step into something is going to know it, and Pastor Robert is going to know it, and the Lord's going to place those things into motion, and it's going to help the will of God here to move forward. But this is not just your responsibility, and many of you know it's hitting your heart right now. Many of you faithful in here know it's hitting your heart right now. You know you're saying that's me. I know that's me. The Lord's been already prepping me for this, and I've been and and listen. Your steps of obedience. Everybody say obedience. Those steps that you're going to take it tomorrow. The, the, this is not ten years down the road. Those steps that you're going to apply. They're going to cause that solidifying in the spirit. To where you'll be able to step into these things. And be fruitful. Fruitful. But make sure that you're complying with the Holy Spirit. Because what can happen? What can happen? is you can say no. And the Lord will have to look for another When it was supposed to be you. Amen. And you don't want to miss that. Because there's fruit in your life. And in the church's life. And in the kingdom. And the Lord's going to cause these things to be solidified. And it's going to cause growth here. There's a growth that's coming here that hasn't been seen yet. And I I don't know what you guys are thinking for building. But I'm saying this in the spirit. That whether that's expanding this or getting a new one. There's going to be growth. Because you cannot pack the people that are going to come into this place. And there's a solidifying in the spirit that's happening where these things are not far off. They're right around the corner. And so be very sensitive, be very open, be very, uh, Lord, where's my place? What do you want me to do? Because usually the core group that's been around for a very long time are the ones that help boom, you know, and of course, the Lord's going to send more laborers, more laborers. I hear that more laborers. There's people that people that haven't been here yet that are going to come, that are going to plug in and help this thing.
0: But let's get ready for these changes. Discipleship fruit.
1: Oh, there is so much I know in Pastor Roberta's spirit that the Lord has given her that's going to come out. And it's not going to happen with just her by herself. So it's time to step up. Everybody say step up. up. It's time to man up. Everybody say man up. up. It's time to woman up. Everybody say woman up. up. This is your lifeline. This is your lifeline. Please hear me. If you've let this slip in your life, whether you're called to preach or not, this is your lifeline. Open this book. Get back in it. Let it solidify God's foundation in you and let it bear fruit because it absolutely will. You cannot lie. This is truth. 100% truth. And it will bear fruit in your life. Amen?